Hey, are you ready to change your life? If the answer is yes, there's only one rule. You have to change your mind first. And my friend, there's a place where the neuroscience of how your mind works smashes together with faith and everything starts to make sense. That place is called self-brain surgery. You can learn it and it will help you become healthier, feel better, and be happier. And the good news is you can start today. Thanks, Lisa. Hey, so glad to have you listening today. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and I live in Nebraska in the United States of America with my incredible wife, Lisa, my father-in-law, Tata, and the super pups, Harvey and Lewis. I'm a neurosurgeon and an author, and I'm here to help you harness neuroscience, the power of your brain, faith, the power of your spirit, and good old common sense to help you lead a healthier, better, happier life. Listen, friend, you can't change your life until you change your mind, and I'm here to help you learn the art of self-brain surgery to get it done. If you like the show, please subscribe so you never miss an episode and tell your friends about it. If you tell two or three friends this podcast was helpful to you, imagine how much good we can all do around the world together. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and I'm here to help you change your mind so you can change your life. Let's get after it. We're back. It's another snowy Sunday afternoon here on the frozen North Platte River in Nebraska. Hey, Tata. Yes. And this morning it was zero. It was zero, and it's been snowing. It's really crazy out there. The eagles and hawks have been hunting for stuff. Yeah, they're looking for breakfast and lunch. Harvey brought me a decapitated rabbit this morning that he found somewhere. Yeah. Either that or he decapitated him. Somebody did. He wasn't frozen, so it happened pretty recently. Hey, if it's uh, if it's Sunday afternoon and I'm talking to Tata, it must be Tuesdays with Tata. Uh, it seems like it is. It must be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back, friend. We're glad Thank to have you. you with us on Tuesdays with Tata. We're grateful for you, aren't we, Dad? Yes, we are. This is a little bit of a melancholy day. Um, it was five years ago today that we lost your beloved mm-hmm. wife and Lisa and Jessica's mom, my mother-in-law, Patty. We're thinking about you today, Tata. Yes, and I, I have that. I, I think about that often. This has been a, a time of uh, of reflection, yeah, uh, prayer, and Thanksgiving. Definitely Thanksgiving. It was a a life well lived that she did. Well, what are we going to talk about today, Tata? Well, I've been been looking at Romans chapter eight, okay, and beginning in verse eighteen. And uh, Paul tells us, the Apostle Paul is the, the writer of this, Paul, Paul tells us in chapter eight, in Romans eight eighteen, I consider that our present suffering is not com- worth comparing with the glory of what will be revealed to us. Wow. The first time I've ever read that, I said, Paul, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> wow. But, and it, but think about it. We we were created in God's image, and, we, and Adam and Eve were placed in a garden, and they were perfect. Yes. And it was a perfect place. And this is where we are today is not what God intended. That's right. That's why in, in Revelations, Jesus says, Behold, I make all things new. All things new. That's right. All things. All of heaven and earth. But the, you, what, what, I, what I want to do there to think back just a little bit, go back to Romans chapter 7. And verse 12, uh, therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation. Think about that just a minute. You have an ob- we have an obligation. We have a duty. We, we've been charged with a responsibility. But it is not to the flesh to, living, to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds in the body, you will live. Mm. But you have to go back a little further. Romans chapter 8 is a, is a very, 
very, very deep book, chapter in my mind. It's a, and the entire book of Romans, uh, it's certainly worth spending some time in and, and trying to understand what God is saying in that whole, in that whole book. But yeah. look back to um, in verse 9 in chapter 8. Uh, I'm sorry, I said 7, but I meant 8. Look back to verse 9 in chapter 8. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. So we, we are not living in the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the... We're living in the world, yes, but we're not living in the, in the realm of the flesh, the, the, the place of the flesh. Uh, we're living in the place of the Spirit. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. And if you think about that just a minute, you wonder, if you do not have the Spirit of Christ, what do you have? That's right. But if Christ is in you, though even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. We've been wow. made because of Jesus' death on the cross. We've been made right with God. And so therefore we have received, and we've received Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. That's right. And he lives in us. Amen. And so does God. And one of the things that, that I often think about is when, what, what Jesus told the, the apostles, that if he didn't leave, the Spirit would not come. That's right. But when Jesus departed, the Spirit came upon them. And that, and that was one of the things that I was pondering also in Acts chapter 1, or in Acts, where when the church was first started in chapter 2, we found that they were, they were assembled in the upper room and they were praying. That's right. So we were going to continue to talk about praying. But this, this was, got stuck, I got stuck in Romans 8. That's okay to be stuck in Romans 8. <laughs> yeah, that's a good place to get stuck. And the, the backdrop for you sticking in Romans 8, though, is that you've been reading about suffering. Yes. There's a book by Paul David Tripp called Suffering. Yes. Gospel Hope. Yes. For those who are suffering, yes. I gave you. And tell us about that. Well, it, it's a book that is uh, it's very deep, and uh, it, it's a book that requires you. In my case, I can, I can barely get through one chapter at a time. Yeah, he writes so deeply. It, because it's very deep, and you have to consider, and you have to think about just what you, what you had just read. But, and so, but the, the thing about suffering is it's just like everything else in life. We have a choice. That's right. We can live in it. We can waller in it if we want to. Yeah. But if we choose not to, we can. But That's we right. can only do it by the help of God. Amen. And the Spirit of Jesus Christ that lives in us. That's right. And so if we've said yes to Jesus and he lives in us, then we have the strength and we have the endurance to overcome that, that spirit. That's and if right. if we don't believe what we're just reading right here, what would this day be like? Wow. We have to believe, we believe this. And so, but here again, like I said, you, we have a choice in everything we do. That's right. God gave us freedom in Jesus Christ. Yes. That's right. But he also gave us freedom, freedom of choice. That's right. And he gave us a, a brain that can, that can choose. He, he gave us the, the mechanism by which we can live out that choice that he gave us. That's is, correct. It's what happens inside that six inches between our ears. Like he gave us among all the animals. We're the only ones that have the ability to decide to think about something different than we are inclined That's to think. That's correct. And, and the book uh, on suffering, that is one of the main points that I've, that I've, get, that I've garnered from it to this point is that in, in the midst of suffering, 
you have a choice about how you think about things. That's right. And where you where you look to for your comfort. That's right. Easy to do? Of course not. No. Uh, he said, um, he, Paul David Tripp wrote this, suffering tends to kidnap our thoughts and in so doing has a powerful effect on our emotions and responses. That's right. That's right. And, 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 and like I said, you, you, you have a choice in everything that, uh, that, that, that you find yourself involved in. Uh, we got Harvey's murmuring and complaining over there. <laughs> oh, I see. But anyway, and I said this when we were talking to, uh, uh, we were on a podcast with uh, John Swanson. Yeah. But uh, I, and one of the things that, that is stuck in my mind, and I just I have a hard time getting it out. I haven't even tried to eliminate the thought. But uh, I recall that when, when Patty was in hospice, the, the hospice nurse came and and changed her status to imminent. Yeah. And then she, a few days later she came back and she said, what are you, she still doing here? Is she waiting on someone? Is it someone coming? Or is it somebody's birthday? Is there an anniversary coming up? And Jessica, my, my youngest daughter, looked at me and said, Dad, and I walked out of the room. And mm-hmm. later that same day I came back and I kissed Patty on the forehead and I said, it's okay, you can go home. Mm. And, then, and she did the next day. Ah, but and I thought about that because in the beginning of all this, when Patty was so ill, I, one of the things that she has always found comfort in is the Psalms, and I read the Psalms to her, and and and, and what I was thinking the time all the time I was I read them to her till she would go to sleep, and little did I know, the psalmist was speaking to me, ah, because most of the Psalms are they begin as laments. That's right. And they began, and they began in, in sorrowful places. And as I've tried to look back across that that that, that space of time, I I have a hard time uh, joining it all together. It, it it just comes to me in pieces. Um, the the when I reminisce about it, but and and I don't I don't sit and and commiserate in that situation. Right. But, but the thought still. Comes. That's right. Of course it does. And it always will. That's right. As long as I have breath. But thinking again about in Romans 8, what, what Paul said, you, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but in the realm of the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does have the spirit of Christ, they, they do not, they, if they don't have the spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life. That's right. Let me read that in the New Living Translation just to get a little different flavor. Starting in, So this is Romans 8, starting in verse 9. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. That's right. And remember that those who do not have the Spirit do not belong to Him at all. Right. And Christ lives within you so that even your body will die because of sin. The Spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. That's, that's right. Made right with God. Righteous. We are right. righteous in our side. So back to verse 12 or 4 to 12. There, that's why that therefore is therefore. That's right. Brothers and sisters, and I don't know what that translation says, but we have, NIV says we have an obligation. That is not to live not to live, uh, to live according to the flesh, but 
And if you do, you, you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if you live by the Spirit, you are put to death in the misdeeds of the body, you will live. That's right. So the, the obligation, the, therefore, the obligation that we have is not to, not to sin or live in the, in the world of the flesh or be subject to the world of the flesh, but to live in the Spirit, calling on God to help us. That's right. And sometimes, and that, it's just like today, uh, uh, the, the, when, when we were watching online uh, Church of the Highlands and Chris Hodges said that one of the scriptures, one of the points he was making was that pray continually. That doesn't have to be a, a long donut affair. That's right. Or maybe you just have to say, God help me. Help me in this moment. That's, That's right. right. Right now. I can't right. do it by myself. Help me. Let me draw out that verse 12 again in the, in the New Living, it gives us just a slightly different flavor because I want to make sure that people understand that, that the Spirit gives you a choice to not be obligated to live by what the world tells you that you have. Right, right now, there's a That's tremendous right. amount of pressure, and there probably always has been, but with the Internet and with everything, instant communication, kids are and younger people and all of us really feel almost like we're being forced to assimilate to the culture. Yeah. And he says, because of the Spirit, you are not obligated to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. That's right. For if you live by its desires, you will die. But if through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. That's right. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So that's how Paul can say, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed. That's right. Oh, he laid down. I'm sorry. Hervey's well, just made his presence known again and he laid down. That's but, right. He's given up the ghost over So there. that's how he can say that because of having that, having the Spirit of Christ in him and the Spirit of Christ in us, we can say the same thing. That's right. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing That's with the right. glory that will be revealed to us. That's right. I'm sorry. Harvey is back there no, making noise again. Just love but, it. We love it. We love having Harvey on the show, don't we, Harvey? Yeah. And mm. then, then Paul goes on to talk about that it's, not, it's just not us. It's all of creation. Everything that God made... Uh, when he saw, and it was made, in a, in, in, it was made, and he made it by his word, and he made us by uh, in his image. But all of creation has been suffering, and suffer, all of creation is groaning. That's right. And so he goes on to say in verse uh, eighteen, "I consider that this present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed to us, for the creation waits in it." eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. That's right. Waiting on us for the creation was subject to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the one of, by the will of the one who subjected it, i.e. God. That's right. In hope that the creation itself would will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. When, when we are revealed as children of God and, and, and when when Jesus comes and he makes all things new, a new That's heaven right. and a new earth, all things will be. Then it will all be very clear. That's right. And we may have answers to our questions, but then it may not make any difference where we are. That's right. When we think about that. 
for we know that it's all, it's all, everything is groaning. And how's, how's the creation groaning? Earthquakes, tsunamis. That's right. Storms, global warming, global unwarming. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? But all of this is taking place because we know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to this present time. That's right. And that's when, and that's when Paul was, when he was writing this. And it's still groaning. That's right. Not only so, but, but we ourselves, we have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship. That's right. The redemption of our bodies. For, the hope, for the, in this hope we were saved. But hope that is seen is not hope at all. That's right. Who hopes for what is already, we already have? But if we hope for what we do not have, we wait for it patiently. That's right. So that's why that therefore was therefore. <laughs> that if we, if we are indeed saved by grace, if we indeed save, are saved by grace, if we have the Spirit of God in us, and we have the Spirit of Jesus Christ in us, and He is living in us, and we have the Holy Spirit, so that we are children of God. That's right. We've been adopted. But we are heirs and co-heirs. We're heirs of God and co-heirs with Jesus Christ. So what does that make him? Our brother. That's right. He's our brother. He's the son of God, but he's our brother. That's right, he is. So we're children of God. And that, that is a concept that is so hard for people to grasp. Uh, it's, it's a concept that flee, is fleeting sometimes. And then you stop and think about it. I even tell myself sometimes, sit up straight. You don't have the right to slouch. You're the child of the king. <laughs> That's right. You're a member of the royal family. That's right. You don't have to. You don't have the right. You don't have that privilege. You don't have the right to, to be something that you're not. For in this hope we were saved. But 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 and Paul is talking about hope at that time. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And, he's, and He, God, who searches our hearts and knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. That's right. So we are blessed that, that we are, we've, been saved, we've been saved, and we're in God's family, we're children of God, but we're all, we have the Holy Spirit who also searches us and helps us pray. That's right. And helps us in our need, in our time That's of right. need. In our time of distress. So we are leaning, we are leaning in to God. We're leaning into Jesus Christ. And we know, and, and, one, and one of the things I wanted to point out is that sometimes this verse is, is taken so much out of context that, uh, that, 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 that we, we lose sight of what it really was. See, all of it is connected. And we know in all things, God works for the good of those who, who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. So we, and we, can, we, can, we, we use that sometimes when people are, are in distress or in suffering, we say that same thing to them. That's um, right. So you, never, you, have to, you have to examine how all of this fits together. And sometimes, um, sometimes the... the uh, the power of silence is uh, is, is uh, what's needed in that time. When someone is someone someone is facing something that is that they can't comprehend, there's not no words that you can use, no reminder that you can give them, or no profound wisdom 
that you could that you could bring to the table that would ease their pain and ease their suffering. That's right. And but the one thing that we all need to be reminded of, even though we are in this place of suffering and remembering, we still belong to God. That's right. And with his help and with the help of Jesus Christ and the help of the Holy Spirit, we will get through the time. Now, what does it look like on the other side? I don't know if there is another side. That's right. In this, in, in this life. Yeah. I think there is another side when, when, we, when this life is over or when, when Jesus comes back. And for me, I say Maranatha. Maranatha, come Lord Jesus. That's right. Come Lord Jesus. Uh, and if today is today, then perhaps today it is. That's right. So, but anyway, the whole point is, even though we are, we are in a place where we are suffering from loss or we're suffering from some, something that has been, came through our door, as Paul in his writing in the book, Suffering, talks about, we can, we can rely on God. And when we can't, then we lose focus. That's right. We, we, we get, everything becomes so distorted. See, and, and, and all you have to do is go back and, and look at when Jesus was tempted by Satan. And when he was, well, you go back further than that. Go back to when he tempted Eve. He just asked a question. Did God really say that? That's right. He just asked a question. And that's what, that's what Satan will do to us in the midst of all this. Is this, where is God now? Yeah. Who are you trusting in to get you through all of this? Uh, and, 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 and I can't say that I open my tool bag and find what I need in it. I, it, it just comes. And the only, way I can, the only way I can deal with it is just stop. Stop and talk to God. That's right. That's all I can do. I can't do anything else. Um, I, my, my skills and my power are limited in and of by myself. Uh, in and of myself, I can do nothing. God, God himself said it, and we've said it over and over again. Apart from me, you can do nothing. That's right. Well, yeah. the reason, the, the tool bag that you have that you don't have to think about and reach into, the reason you have it, Dad, is you spent your lifetime building trust in God's good character. Yeah. You, you've spent time with him, and you've been through hard things before, and you've lost two children, and you've been through through many trials, and each time... God got you through them. And right. on the other side, at some point, you're able to say, things are okay. Like th- things, right. God is still faithful. Right. And Paul Tripp writes about that too. He writes in this same chapter about Abraham and how Abraham had been promised by God to, that through this child, Isaac, he would bring about the salvation of the world. That yeah. the, the, the generations after him will be more numerous than the stars right. in the yeah. sky. Yeah. And, yes. Right? And so he's been promised that. And then all of a sudden... God comes in Genesis 22 and says, "Hey, I want you to take Isaac up on the hill and sacrifice him." Yeah, yeah. I want you to I want you to take this precious thing that you waited your whole life for, that I promised you, and that I promised you beyond just him, generations of blessing, and I want you to sacrifice him to me. And what did Abraham do? He picked up the knife and he went up on the hill with the boy, and he was just going to obey. That's right. And Paul Tripp writes this: If all you are focused on is the situation itself, it would seem like a cruel trick. And I know about cruel tricks because that's how I felt the day Mitch died. I felt like it was the most evil trick that God could ever have played on us because the day before he called me and he was coming home. Yeah. 
and then he was gone. <laughs> yeah, no. So, so the enemy, so, so, so Paul Tripp writes this, it would seem like a cruel trick if all you focused on was the situation itself. And the more you try to make sense of it, the more questions you would come up with. That's right. The more you try to make sense of mom getting that devastating disease that killed her in six months, the more you try to figure that out, the more questions you're going to have, right? But Abraham, Paul Tripp writes, came into this moment. This is your tool bag, Dad. This is prehab right here we're talking about in the new book for, for how to build the treatment plan for when the massive thing comes. Paul Tripp writes it this way. But Abraham came into this moment having been fully persuaded of the goodness and faithfulness of God yeah. and God's willingness and ability to do whatever he had promised. Yeah. So what happened then is he didn't let his circumstance overwhelm his prior knowledge of who God was. He had already decided that God is good and God's going to keep his word. And he had memory and movement to to build hope, to flex that that muscle of hope. And he picked up that knife and he was going to do it. And God said, don't do that. I just just needed needed to know He came to a point where we all come to uh, sooner or later is we either accept it or we reject it. That's right. There's no middle ground. That's right. You either say yes or you say no. That's right. And that's a hard saying. I realize that's a hard saying. He said, he said, let me just read a little bit more. Abraham was able to calmly do the unthinkable because for years his daily thoughts had been focused on the goodness, faithfulness, and power of his Lord. He wasn't paralyzed by the circumstances, no. confusing and distressing as they were, because he looked at those circumstances through the lens of the beautiful faithfulness and awesome power of his God. Yes. He waited on God. He waited on God. And he relied on God. That's right. And so at, at, at the end of all of this, and I realize that, that, that we're, we're looking into a, a very deep subject and, and very hard to grasp sometimes because Satan is, is going to, not going to let this seed grow. He's going to take it away as soon as he can. That's right. When we think we know something, but understand that and, and make it, think about it as you look down to verse, verse 31, what then can we say, Paul says, what can we what shall we say in response to these things if God is for us who can be against us that's right if God's for us who can be against us he who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all how will not also with him gracious give us all things that's right that's profound and all and all of this and one of the things, and I, and I just, I just, I keep hanging on to that, is what Jesus told his disciples, that in this world, someone translation says you will have trouble. Yeah. Other translations say you will have tribulation. Yeah, John sixteen thirty three. That's right. But fear not, because I've overcome. That's right. I've overcome the world. Easy to hold on to, sometimes. Let me tell you something. It is not easy to get through the days. It is not easy to get through the nights. Uh, there are some times when it just all seems to run together. But uh, one of the things that we have to realize is that if we, if, we, if we believe that God is and that we believe that Jesus Christ is his son and that Jesus Christ is and he came to live and die for us and then he made that sacrifice for us 
if we believe that and that we and if we believe that we're children of God, then what choice do we have? That's right. You hold on to that. Now, how long do you hold on to that? As long as you can. That's right. There's something interesting here. I don't go around saying that every little coincidence happens because God arranged it that way, but we're reading this book together as a family. All those who are listening that, are, that have joined in with us, we're reading this book, The Joshua Code, 52 scripture verses every believer should know. And O.S. Hawkins writes a little chunk of scripture every week that, that he wants us to memorize to give us these prehab, these tools in yes, the toolkit, yes, right? Yes. Well, guess what the verse is? For week five of January, it's Romans eight twenty eight, and in the chapter, so so we just read it. So we're talking about this unscripted on Tuesdays with Tata, friend, and O. S. Hawkins calls this chapter the family secret, yeah. and this is the secret that the family of God knows. Because what Paul says in Romans eight twenty eight, notice as we all, we usually skip over this part, but he says. He doesn't just say God causes everything to work together for the. He says, and we know that's right that God works all things together for good for those who love God to those who are called according to His purpose. So, so if you're in the family of God, you've got some power and some juice because you know that whatever circumstances come along and happen in your life, that if you're in His family, He's going to take care of you. That's right. And it's going to work out. The, the, the thing won't be good that happened. It's not good that you lost Patty. No. It's not good that we lost Mitch. It's not a good thing. But God's going to do something with that in response to our faithfulness that will work together for good in the end. Right. To conform, What's the good? To conform us to Christ. That's to right. make us more like Him. That's, right. that's, that's our family secret. Well, and the, the good for me has been, it's drawn me closer to Him. I can't even brush my teeth without asking mm. Him to help me. That's right. So, and and and, and that 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 is so hard to encapsulate. If I could, if I could turn it into a suppository, I would, <laughs> but, but, but I can't. But it it, it is so. It, it's it's easy when you first at first blush when you look at it. It's easy to believe. It's easy to accept that God loves us that much. But then it just kind of goes away. That's right. And it's it's not it's not something. That you're hearing, or something that 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 you're seeing, and I don't know. Sometimes I think, well, maybe that's enough. Try. I said yes. That's enough. That is enough. I can't do anything else. And I say thank you. And I know that sounds trite, but I say thank you because that's all I know to do. It doesn't sound trite. I have nothing else to offer. That's right. But look what we are. Look what we are. Now Paul talks about that down in verse 37. Mm-hmm. Now in all things, all these things, all the things, all the suffering and all the pain and all the agony and, and, the, and, and the constant threat of death that we face. Now in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, or any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's right. Amen. Can't. We can't be separated from Him. That's right. God loves us. That's right. And He sent His one and only Son to die for us. That's right. So, O.S. Hawkins, Hawkins said, 
as you memorize Romans 8.28, meditate on the deep reality that God is awake and aware of everything that comes your way. That's right. That's right. There, and, and there are times when, when I know in and of myself it is not me. It is not me talking. It is not me acting. There are things that happen in my life that I'm convinced that, that, that it was him himself, that God himself that, that, that stirred me in the right direction or precluded me from any kind of further injury. So anyway, one of the things that, that I've learned to do and I've told God, I said, I love you, God. Thank you for taking Patty Sue home. Yeah. And, and, and where I rest is someone said to me a long time ago, I'm so sorry for your loss. And I said to myself, I didn't lose her. I know where she is. That's right. All she did was change addresses. That's right. Um, and yes, we will, we will see each other again someday. Um, and all I, all I rest all I rest in is that she she's at peace, and I have and God has given me peace, and He has helped me deal with my guilt and my anxiety. That's right. Mm. And you're right. There are no old beaches. No old beaches. That sounds like an inside joke. We've talked about it here before, but that story came from. It's I told it in the new book. It's um. The only, one of the only few times, maybe the only time, that you and I have ever made opposite decisions about yeah. something. Yeah. Like this, this man, friend, this man and I, we walk the same ground. We, we're so alike, and I've been formed so much by him that when we play golf, it's happened more than a dozen times that I can think of. We hit a shot, use different clubs, and both hit two two different golf balls, and they end up a step apart, <laughs> two hundred yards away, or. Yeah. Or more, or fifty if we duff them. <laughs> We've done that many times, more times than we can count. There was one morning we were on a on a tee box right around sunrise in San Antonio. It was foggy and we couldn't see the fairway. We both hit our tee shots, and Dennis said, "I wonder where they went." And I said, "I don't know. Let's just walk down there and find out." <laughs> and our balls were six inches apart. That's right. And so my point about that is, we, we generally we, we we both find our strength in the Lord. We we rely on each other. We converse with one another. We trust each other. And we often, usually, make similar decisions about moments in our lives. And we had this moment in December of 2020 where Lisa and I decided we were going to go back to Kiowa Island, which is the best vacation we ever took with our family. And Mitch and Patty were both there. It It turned out to be, we didn't know at the time, of course, the last time we would all travel together to a place yeah. at the same time. And and uh, everybody in our family, but one of our kids wasn't able to come because she was working. But we had this amazing time. And, and Lisa was able to find that Christmas the same house that we had stayed in. And, mm-hmm. and we decided we were going to go. And for me, I had some kind of notion that I was going to go back to that beach in South Carolina and heal something about my son. That's mm-hmm. something I'd lost and maybe walk in that ground, I'd find some some way to figure something out. And and I told you about it. I remember I could I can see your face. You were in Casper and we were or you were here. We were already in North Platte. And I said, Hey, we're gonna go to Kiowa Island back to that house and spend Christmas week and you said, I don't think I can go. Mm. And I said, Why not? And and you 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 felt like that was a memory you wanted to protect. It was peaceful and it was quiet mm-hmm. and, and it was some laughter and some good stuff yes. that had happened there. And so I was looking at going back 
to the past to some place and trying to fix something and you were looking to protect yourself from something in the past, protect something in the past that you wanted to cherish and hold on to. And I'll never forget it. It was Christmas Eve. Lisa and I were walking down the beach. The kids had already gone back to the house and we were going to supposed to go watch a movie with them. And, and little Jace, our grandson, had been walking on the beach and I could see his footsteps. And, and I realized Mitch's footsteps weren't on that beach anymore because the tide comes twice a day and then the 10 years since we'd been there, that beach has been turned over thousands of times, hundreds of thousands of times. And I wrote you, I texted you that day. There are no old beaches like that. Like I can't go back in time and fix something and you can't prevent something from being what it was Mm -hmm. by going back to a place. And it's just different. And you wrote me back. And what'd you say about that? I will not nourish my guilt and my grief. That's right. You and Lee is right. There are no old beaches. No old beaches. He wrote me that. I, I still have it. And, and so this this idea that suffering gets to dictate our emotional state or our sense of faith or peace, it, Paul shatters it in this chapter. Like he says, you are not obligated to live by the flesh. Like Harvey and Lewis, as much as we love them, they're obligated. Like they go out there and that, that deer runs by or that... That pheasant goes over there, and they're going across the river. I mean, yeah, they can't right. stop themselves. No, and we have to hit that button on the collar and bring them back and you know, zap them and give them something else to think about because they're obligated by their nature right. to obey whatever happens in their brain. We're That's not. Right. Because of the Spirit of God, we are not obligated to conform to what the world says, to be hopeless when it seems hopeless. Right. We are allowed, and we are encouraged, That's and because right. of the Spirit, we are empowered to change our minds right. and change our lives right. because of what he did for us. Right. And, the, and the other point is that if we, if we choose to live in our own suffering, waller in it, if you will, mm-hmm. if, we cho- if we choose to live our lives in that kind of posture and we claim to be children of God and someone is watching us, will they want some of that? That's right. Will they want to be like us? Right. No. Wow. That gets to um, that gets to that idea of adorning the truth, doesn't it? That's um, correct. What Paul said, I think it's in Titus, Titus two ten. So it gets to that idea that Paul's talking about in Titus two ten when he says, every in every way we are to adorn the gospel, adorn the teaching to make the teaching about God more attractive. That adorn is the same word that, that our word cosmetic comes from in the, in the Hebrew. In the Greek, it's cosmeo. And the idea, what you just said, is our lives are supposed to be lived in such a way that people smell it or see it, and it's attractive to it them. Reflects, it, it reflects God. That's right. To say, I want some of that. I want, I want to be more like that person. I want now, does that mean we're perfect? No. I sit right here, and I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm the first one that will admit that I'm a sinner saved by grace. Amen. And, and, I, enjoy, and I, I have the same prayer every day. Lord, have mercy on me, for I am a sinner. Amen. But we, we walk. We walk this walk, and we talk this talk. That's right. So, but it, and, and, I mean, and, and I know that in the sound of our voice, that, and I see the prayer roll, I see the request, and, 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 and please know that you're in our prayers, and other people are praying for you as well, but... We know that you're suffering, man. We know that you're in pain, and, and and maybe as you think about this, you say to yourself, "Me? Yeah, um, this is me." Well, it's all me. 
It's all us. That's right. It's all of us. We all suffer. We all suffer. There, there is no human being that has not suffered in, in some way. But the writer of Hebrews tells us that none of us have suffered as our Lord did. That's right. To the point that's, of shedding his own blood. That's right. That's right. And none of us suffered like that. And, I, and I've looked at that and... I've looked at it so many times that I that I that I, I question even my own self. Yeah. But the suffering that that he experienced, and the other side of that is, I mean, even though they knew, I think God suffered as well. He did. When Jesus cried out to him, "My God, My God, why have why have you forsaken me?" Yeah. Of course he did. That's why the veil was torn. Like God was mad. He was yeah, angry. That's right. That he had to do that's that. That's right. And, 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 and the tombs were open. The people walked around. And the one thing that we miss all the time, I do, is the people walked around for 40 days. Yeah. 40 days. People that had been dead walked around. That's right. So all I, the reason I say that is because there's nothing that our God can't do. That's right. And there's nothing that our God can't do for us. Right. So all we have to say to him is, yes, help me. That's right. Help me in my unbelief. Help me in my unbelief. Tata, thank you for taking on a day that you could be wallowing, as you said, in your <laughs> suffering. You've chosen instead to guide us through this powerful and important message in Romans 8. And I appreciate it. I, I appreciate you using your story for our good. Thank you. If we're going to decide not to be that person that wallows in their suffering, but instead grabs onto that promise that God's going to somehow redeem this and somehow point us back towards peace and, and the ability to change our minds and the depths of it. When should we start? Today. We start, start today. today. Hey, thanks for listening. Please subscribe to the show so you automatically get every episode. And if you like the show, you'll love my weekly letter. Check out my writing at drleewarren.substack.com, drleewarren.substack.com. Get the free newsletter every week for my best prescriptions for becoming healthier, feeling better, and being happier through the power of faith and neuroscience smashing together via self-brain surgery, drleewarren.substack.com. And if you need prayer, go to the prayer wall at wleewarnmd.com slash prayer. The theme music for the show is Make Us One by Tommy Walker, graciously provided for free by the great folks over at tommywalkerministries.org. Check it out and consider supporting them, tommywalkerministries.org. Remember, you can't change your life until you change your mind. And the good news is you can start today. I'm Dr. Lee Warren. I'll talk to you soon. God bless you, friend. Have a great day.